Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you as to what was your key takeout from today's session by writing a review in Apple Podcast with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, Please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and you will receive a one-hour life coaching session for free, valued $500, to help you change your life for the better or to help you get unstuck if you are currently going through a transition or if you need a little motivation. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the beautiful Dana White. Dana is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author and, much to her own surprise, a decluttering expert. Dana shares realistic home management strategies and a message of hope for the hopelessly messy in her books, Decluttering at the Speed of Life and How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. She shares that you don't have to live overwhelmed by stuff. You can get rid of clutter for good. Dana identifies the emotional challenges that make it difficult to declutter and provides workable solutions to break through and make progress. Dana dives deep into how to implement strategies through her books, blogs and videos. No matter the reader's clutter level or emotional resistance to decluttering. She helps identify procrastinate clutter, the stuff that will get done eventually so it doesn't seem urgent, as well as how to make progress when there's no time to declutter. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am excited about our guest. We have the lovely Dana White. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I can't wait. So the way that we love to start the show is we love to ask our woman of inspiration, which is you, my dearest, to share your unique story. So what inspired you to do what you do today, Dana? Well, I was inspired to write. I wanted to be a writer. I was never inspired (laughs) to talk to the world about decluttering. (laughs) That is actually just the funniest joke ever that that's what I talk about. So I I wanted to be a writer. Um, 
I, you know, once I had kids, which my oldest is about to be 20, you know, so this has been a while, but once I had kids, I stayed home with them and thought, you know, as they were toddlers, I thought I need a creative outlet. I would love to write. Like surely that would be something that maybe I could pair with, you know, being a mom. Um, not that you can't do anything with being a mom, but you know, it was just, it was the idea that I had for as a creative outlet of something I wanted to do. Um, but I didn't know how to make that happen. And then I discovered blogs. So this was back in 2008. I had not known what they were before that. I know some people had been blogging. Um, but I realized what they were and I thought, Oh, this is people writing. This is what I should do. And, um, but I didn't start one because, my house was a disaster. My house had always been a disaster. I had tried to get my house together and it just seemed like this is going to be a creative project. I know how I am with creative projects. And I thought this will be something that will consume me. It will take my focus. And I really, really wanted to get my house figured out before I threw myself into that. Um, because it, it was something that was making me not able to live the life that I wanted to live. I couldn't have people over without two weeks notice. You know I mean? I, it, it was bad. And, and it was a frustration because I'd always felt really competent at everything. I mean, I don't know about everything, but I had felt competent when I would tackle something. If I tried something new, I felt like I could get in there, figure it out and, and be successful. And yet my house was like this thing that I could not figure out no matter how hard I tried. So I did not start blogging for a year and a half, um, as I tried to get my house under control and I kept failing. And eventually I came to a point where I thought I had this great idea. I said, okay, I'm going to blog about getting my house under control. And I thought it was a practice blog. So I thought, okay, this is something that maybe that would help me stay focused on my house because it would let me do the thing that I've been wanting to do. And I could kind of learn about blogging. Um, and I, started, you know, it was anonymous because I did not think it was going to go anywhere. I, I mean, like it didn't make any sense that anyone would ever, would ever want to read anything I had to say about cleaning. Um, and so I got, got started anonymously thought it was going to be temporary. And now it's been like 12 years later that I'm still doing this. Um, although it's definitely more than a blog now. So it eventually turned into YouTube videos and a podcast. And then I, you know, about six or seven years in, I fulfilled my lifelong dream of writing books. Um, so that's, that's pretty much my number one focus now is, is books. Um, and so I got to be an author, but it's about the one thing that I would never have thought I would write about, which is decluttering. I love that. And as you were speaking about it being your creative pro project, I'm not too sure if you've seen the movie, Julie and Julia. With I have. Street. And oh gosh, it just reminded me how she took that on as a project to kind of embody Julia Child and start a blog and went through all the recipes. Um, yeah, I don't know why I got that. that they kind of dropped in as you were talking. I, I took this as my creative uh, project. Love well, it. You know what movie I thought of when you just said that? Have you seen Where'd You Go, Bernadette? No. Okay. So it, it was a book and I, the book was interesting and I don't know that the movie really did much, but I love that movie so much. And she is, she's a, an architect, the mom. And, um, anyway, long story, I won't ruin it for you, but ultimately it comes down to, 
she needed to be doing her art. I mean, she had to do a creative outlet is not just for fun. It's a need that we have. And, um, I think it's beautiful and I cry my eyes out every time I see it, but anyway, but I don't want to give it away. So I'm not going to tell you the whole story. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And you do, you do become your own muse, don't you? It's like you, you, you have to become, uh, what you want to project into your environment. So, you know, for example, you, uh, the guru of decluttering, which I have got lots of questions bubbling up for me. Um, but you needed to experience that so that you can talk through your own experiences. Well, and, and ultimately that is where, I mean, if you're going to write, which is the thing I wanted to do, you need your unique thing to talk about, you know, like your unique perspective, you, you need that. And that is my unique perspective that, I teach the thing. I'm able to explain this thing because it was so impossible for me because I had to figure it out the hard way because this does not come naturally to me. It is not my natural way of thinking to let things go and get things out of my house. And so that unique perspective, I wouldn't have known this, but that was what a lot of people needed to hear. And that's why my stuff has been successful because most of the people who talk about cleaning and organizing and decluttering talk about it because they like it. (laughs) They talk about it because it's something that gets them excited. And so uh, if that is their natural thing that they love to organize, well, then a lot of them have no understanding of the actual place where people like me you know, were or are in that it's like the, the first page of a traditional organizing book starts way ahead of where I was. And like, nobody was talking about what do you do when you literally cannot even get started and you have so much junk in your house that you can't live, you know, functionally in it. You know, it's, it's really interesting because, and I agree with you, because I think that your, yours was, your project, your creative project was birthed out of a pain point because you couldn't get yourself out of it. And I see that. I see, um, you know, I've got friends who literally hoarder things. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my hand up a little bit for for me as well because I've still got stuff that I don't use, I don't wear, but I can't get rid of because it's the memory attached to that very thing. Um, but in, I see people that actually say, I love my mess. I love my chaos. There is order within my chaos. What are your thoughts about that? So I, I, okay. So there's a thing called a clutter threshold and it's called that because I called it that cause I get to make things up cause I write books, you know? <laughs> um, but your clutter threshold is not how much stuff you like, but how much stuff you can handle. So I, I will say that It is possible that sometimes when people say things like that, they're just being defensive because they don't want to have to justify their stuff and they don't want somebody coming in and telling them how to get rid of it because they're afraid that if they say, yeah, this drives me crazy, that the person who is going to just start throwing everything in the trash is going to come in. And, you know, so it it can be a defensive thing that people say that. Um, But what I will say is there is a level at which your clutter threshold is the point at which you 
only have in your house what you can keep under control. So it doesn't mean how much stuff you prefer having around. It means what can you keep under control? So if someone has a lot of stuff in their house and yet that stuff is, you know, has a place and it may be different from someone else's taste, but the stuff is under control, that's fine. But I liked having stuff in my house. I liked bringing stuff into my house and yet I couldn't keep it under control. It ended up in piles. Like it ended up, it, it would be, you know, shoved into places and I wouldn't know what I had or if I thought maybe I had something, I would have no idea where in the world it was. And so I couldn't find it. And so it was keeping me from being able to function and keep my, keep my house under control. So, so I think if someone says that, you know, there, there's different, it may absolutely be true, but if they can't function in their house, that's where the issue is. So it's really not about how much stuff you have. It's how, you know, at what point do you have more stuff than you can actually handle? Mm, yeah. I, and I think that a lot of the times when we've had the conversation, the resistance is the memories. I don't want to remove the memories. Oh, yeah. Where it really, the memories are in your mind, right? I guess that, that having that thing, that would be your trigger, you know, like the, the trigger that would stimulate those memories. Um, but then I've also, I know that for myself, because I remember, and I can't remember um, who it was. It was a neuroscientist that was talking about the, psycho the, the psychological impact of decluttering, how it mm -hmm. actually gives you more room to think. Uh, yes. So he, he linked it into the whole brain and uh, psychology side of things. But I have to say that when I have done that a couple of times where I've just gone, oh, look, I'm just going to give these away, I did feel this sense of lightness. Um, and, and Dana, maybe you might be able to, to build on this because I'm not too sure how that is linking to, I guess, you know, the psychological aspect. But I guess from your experience, um, what has been some of those transformations that you experienced instead of feeling overwhelmed and uh, like you can't get out of this mess and then you found yourself that you were able to declutter? Did you have those kind of shifts? Absolutely. But, but before you have started decluttering, it's impossible to predict those shifts. You know, if you haven't experienced that, it's hard to tell someone this. They may know, I know I need to get rid of stuff, but it's hard to explain to someone the impact that it will have. So one of the things with, you know, what you're talking about is as long as something is in my house and it doesn't have an actual place to be, it is a decision to be made. And it is something where I know I, I, every time I see it, or even sometimes I don't see it, but I just, in the back of my mind, I know it's there, even though I don't register that I'm thinking about it. Um, it, it's, it's something to do later. It's something that I'm going to have to make a decision about. It's something, you know, so, and so having it leave my house, even though sometimes it's very painful to have it leave my house, I don't have to think about it ever again. And, and it, it's just like maybe sometimes when you haven't been eating well for a while and then you start eating well again and you realize, oh, wow, I didn't know how bad I felt before until now I feel better. And I realize, oh, okay, it's because I'm eating better. You know, it, it, there's a, that, it's that way with a lot of things, you know, exercise, all those kinds of things. You may not realize how much it's negatively affecting you until it is gone. And so, so it's an adjustment, you know, it's, it's, it's something where I did not know 
that I would like free space until I started to have some free space because it just wasn't something I really thought about. I didn't know that it was affecting me to have stuff everywhere until the stuff was gone. And I went, Oh, I can walk across this room a lot easier than I used to. I can, um, you know, I can get my living room picked up in five minutes where it used to be a huge decluttering project every time I thought I was picking up, but that was just because I was stuff shifting. I wasn't actually getting stuff out of my house, you know, and, but once I was really had removed things and it stuff didn't even exist in my home to get out of control, then that was when I started to see, Oh, okay. So my house is easier. It doesn't drive me crazy. It doesn't constantly get out of control simply because there's less stuff in it. And that started to change how I thought about stuff. I love the way you call it stuff shifting. Um, I've done yes. that. Absolutely. And you know, the, the thing is when I make space, I've noticed that the couple of times I have made space, I have filled them up again. It's almost like for me, there's a gap. Do you, do you, have you come across that? So one of the things, what I, what I feel like you're saying is it's hard to gain that momentum and actually have sustainable progress, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, absolutely. Because then I've, I've, I've cleared it out and then I'm then online buying to fill out that gap, all the space. So, so yeah, one of the things that I, I recommend, because what you need is momentum. You need some traction, you know, traction, meaning it actually has ongoing stuff, ongoing results. Um, and one, the way that I have achieved that and that I teach others to achieve that is by, prioritizing according to visibility. So when you get the urge to declutter, start with the most visible space in your home. Meaning, you know, of course I know we're living in 2020, 2021, where all this is a little weird and wonky, but where people would enter your home, if people were coming into your home (laughs) or where someone would see inside your home, if they delivered a package or whatever. Um, start there just because you need a place to start and start in that space, declutter it down to the way you really want it to look. And then, um, the next time you get inspired to declutter, which is going to be sooner because you're going to see your progress, go back to that space instead of, um, working on one space and then working in another space. And then you turn around and you've filled up that old space again. You know what I mean? So start with that space again. But at that point, it's only going to be, you know, two weeks worth of stuff as opposed to the four or five months that it was before that. And so then it's going to be quickly that you'll be able to get that space under control again and then move to the next most visible space. And then the next time you declutter, do those two spaces, which are only going to take two or three minutes a piece to get them back under control. And then you move to the next one. And that is going to help you refocus on decluttering, maintaining those things. And the more that you do that, you'll start to, the more you declutter, the more you're going to have an aversion to bringing stuff in. You're, you're going to be able to predict this is going to turn into clutter because I've already, you know, painfully had to get rid of six different things that are similar to this thing that I'm tempted to bring into my house. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's like you're going back, you're embedding the decluttering. So it doesn't, it, it's, it's almost like, I feel that 
uh, you're in, you're you're embedding the program of decluttering, and though every time you go back to that place, it might be that oh, yep, I need to remove this. Then you'll start becoming more familiar and comfortable with the gaps or the space. Yes. Yeah, yes. I love that. You, when you were talking about start with your, you know, as you you walk into your door, like your entry, reminds me of a, uh, another guest we had on the show, um, Maria Diamond, who actually speaks about feng shui and she talks about mm-hmm. decluttering. I don't know if yours is, is, is it linked to a form of feng shui as in it, the, the feeling the space of your home or not really? I know in that I have never studied that. So um, if I wouldn't, I have no idea. Like I cannot speak to that at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some sort of similar relationship because it, it's what makes you feel better about your home. And so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a relationship, but I wouldn't, I, I don't know. Mm, yeah. And I, I agree when our house, my husband and I, when we do a bit of a spring clean, we both feel better. Uh, it just, it's a feeling like you say, it just feels better. I'm curious though, Dana, when, um, and I'm only uh, asking the question because a friend of mine had uh, somebody that came into her home and decluttered her wardrobe. And basically they did a bit of a, um, a whole rebrand and went through her wardrobe and did a pile of what she needs to throw out and what she needs to keep. Um, is that something that you do? Do you consult individuals? Do you come into their home and help them declutter or declutter their wardrobe? I do not do that as a business. Um, I do, I have started doing um, some YouTube videos where we will do a one hour better session. Um, and I will go, you know, just people local, they have to agree to be on my YouTube channel <laughs> and we'll go in and, um, not necessarily, we haven't done a wardrobe yet, but you know, we'll work in a space for an hour because my whole process is based on making only progress and never a bigger mess. Um, and so that means that we can work for one hour and it's better off and we can stop at the end of the hour and, you know, be able to walk away and we haven't, you know, left anything to do later. Um, but no, I, I don't do that. I am working on a, um, certification program to, so that others can go into people's homes and, you know, you know, use my process and people will know that that process is what they're going to use. I, I just can't because I have plenty of other things keeping me busy, um, with the other stuff that I do. And so I feel like my time is better spent, you know, teaching mm. the, the process to others. I love it. That's really cool. And I think that, and the reason I ask is that if, if it's left, left up to the individual that has a bit of resistance having somebody to come in and hold their hands and take them through Mm -hmm. the process might be a way of um combat combating the resistance that one is experiencing at the time I'm, I'm, I'm really curious when you were saying like you know you just allowed things to pile up and you you talk about your process well, how did you start your process? What was that thing? Because I'm just thinking for our listeners that are listening to this and going, wow, that is me. I'm really curious. How did you just start the process? What what was that that pivot point for you? So, you know, it's all chronicled on my blog because that's what I was doing is I was just working on my house, not knowing at all what I was doing and just recording things. And so that would make me think it through. And basically my process that I ended up, you know, over time coming up with, um, it's five steps and the steps are designed to take me through the process without 
ever creating a bigger mess. Okay. You know, so I don't pull everything out of a space. That's what I'd always thought you had to do to declutter. Cause that's what most people will tell you to do. And yet I would pull everything out of a space, work for a while. Life would happen. I would get distracted and then I would walk away. And now the space was better than, I mean, worse than it was before because what used to be shoved in a drawer is now out all over the countertop or the, the bench, I think is what you would call it. So you know, everything that used to be hidden is now out and my house looks worse, which made me not want to ever start decluttering again. So I, I was like, okay, how can I do this without, without pulling everything out of a space? How, how can I only make progress? And, um, so, you know, I, I just trial and error eventually figured out, okay, this is the process that will work. And, you know, it started with my two decluttering question, which, which is actually my fourth step in the process, because, now it's all about, you know, I, I realized, okay, I need to get the easy stuff out first. So I remove the trash first and then I do anything that's easy, meaning it has an established home somewhere else in the house. It's just not there for whatever reason. And I take it there now, you know? And so with each time that I'm doing that, nothing is going into piles or keep boxes. It's going straight to its home so that at any point when I stop, it, the space is better and I can step away if I needed to. And the space is getting a little bit less in it, which is the definition of decluttering success is having less in it than it did before, you know, and then I give myself permission to pull out anything that's just an obvious donation. And then my two decluttering questions is how I got through those difficult things. I was like, how am I going to make decisions? Because I'd seen lists that people would put out of here's 10 questions to ask yourself to decide if you need to declutter something. And I was like, I had so much stuff in my house. I didn't have time to ask myself 10 questions about every item, you know? And so I came up with two questions. And the first one is if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And the key there is wood. Like, what is my instinct? If I actually was like, where are my blue earrings? What's the first place that I would walk to in my house to get my blue earrings? And that is its home like that I've just decided because that was my thing is I was like, well, my stuff doesn't all have a home. I don't know where things go. Well, that's how I figure out where things go is where's the first place where I would look for it. And then I take it there right now, as opposed to putting it in a pile where I'm going to get distracted and the pile just sits there. Or later I'm like, well, it's time to put the pile away. And now I have to ask myself again to remind myself of what I decided where things were going to go. Um, and then if I can't answer that question, if I would don't have a place where I would look for it first, then I have to be honest with myself and answer my second question, which is if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Meaning, you know, I didn't have a place to look for it, which means I wouldn't have looked for it. And then I have to be honest and say, I didn't know I had this, which means if I needed these blue earrings, if I needed blue earrings, it would never have crossed my mind to go looking for it. I would have ordered some blue earrings or gone out shopping for blue earrings, or I would have just worn silver or, you know, I mean like something that, so I, I had to be honest with myself because the problem was I had so much stuff in my house. I didn't even know what I had, you know, I didn't even, and, and so many times I would run across things that I'm like, I have already bought replacements for this because it didn't even occur to me that I already had one. And so I needed to start getting that stuff out of my house. Oh, I've done that. And I, I do that honest, uh, on all the time, I think. And I like the fact of finding a home. 
I think that when I was cleaning up, I decided at one stage I had kind of like my earrings in three or four different places or wherever I could put them, where it made a huge difference if I had them all in one. And that's where I found I had doubles because I, when I put them in the one yes. box and found them a, like a home, like you say, finding them a home, um, I realized that, um, yeah, and I not, not just with my earrings, I noticed that with my socks and things like that, when I put them together, I'm like, oh, I've got two pairs of these. So yes. it does make a big difference when you have a location or, or a home for your things. I love that. Well, and, and to let that home be where you would look for it first, because a pro- the problem is a lot, a lot of times, especially when someone's overwhelmed, they try to declutter and organize at the same time which is, those are not the same things. You have to declutter before you organize. And if you're trying to declutter and organize at the same time, then you're asking yourself questions like, what's the best place in this house for blue earrings to go? And then, I mean, it, it is the classic story that, well, I organized this space and now I can't find anything. You know, like I have no idea where I put things yeah. when I came up with all these really great, amazing solutions for things. So letting letting yourself go with the answer to that first question of where would I look for this first? Where's the actual place where I would look for this first? And letting that be the home. And then when you look for something, it's in the first place where you look for it, which is like the goal of being organized, right? So Dana, how do you do that? Because I know I've done that. I'll put something somewhere and go, you remember this, you put it there, remember, remember, and I totally forget. I, I, I'm like, I, I have a, a, hi, I'm Tom moment from 50 First Dates. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, the the key there is to go with your actual instinct. Where is the first place where I would look for this? Where would I look for it first? And go with instinct. If you start analyzing and trying to figure out, you're doing it wrong. Literally, it's the first place where you would look for it. And then if you will put it in that first place where you would look for it, there's a really high chance. It's not guaranteed, but there is a really high chance that when you are actually looking for it and you say, I need this thing and you go look at it, look for it in the first place, you know, where you would look for it, it's there. So I'm saying instead of trying to come up with a new solution that you're then going to have to remember where it is. And then that solution that might seem super logical to you right now is not actually the first place where you would look for it. Mm, Okay. I think I kind of just dropped in. So you're using your intuition intuitively, what feels right rather than your mind, uh, your mind as in, I'm going to put it there. And I'll, so I'll hope to remember that I'm going to put it there. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's going with your instinct and that's, it's hard sometimes because if you have never felt successful in your home, if you've never felt successful at this kind of stuff, it's hard to think I need to actually go on my instincts because you don't trust your instincts, but go on your instinct. And the more often you do that, and then later are actually able to find things in the first place where you look for it because you went on your instinct earlier when you were decluttering, then you're going to start to build that confidence and it's going to get easier and easier. So Dana, how does one follow the instinct if they're feeling overwhelmed? Um, so the, the process that I use is all not based on emotions. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but like I don't use emotions or feelings or what ifs in my process. Okay. So, because 
those are all, a lot of that overwhelm is like, I don't want to make a decision. I don't want to feel the feelings. I don't want, you know, I'd rather avoid it than feel those feelings. So the first step of the process is specifically designed to help you break through that feeling of being overwhelmed. And that is look for trash. Even if you think that lady on the internet is insane, of course, I don't have trash in my space. How awful, you know, look for trash anyway, partly because you probably have trash, but also because even let's say you don't have any trash. If you are looking for trash, okay. in what you can get to without pulling everything out, if you're looking for trash, you're going to start to see the individual items that are in there because when it is just a pile, it's overwhelming because you just imagine what's in that pile and it feels like everything in there is important. But once you start looking for trash, you're just giving yourself permission to say, I'm only going to pull out the things that do not make me feel overwhelmed. Like I'm giving myself permission to do that. Well, it gets you moving. Okay. And it also um, helps you see those individual items. And so your brain shifts and doesn't feel as overwhelmed anymore because you know what's in there. And it's not just this ambiguous, surely everything is going to be scary and hard to decide about and all that kind of stuff. As you were saying that, I was just thinking for myself, if I go into a room or into a space and saying, I'm looking for trash, I'm actually looking at the things I no longer need and want to throw out. So Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you actually uh, put it in that way. So I'm curious, Dana, what's your biggest pain point that you, let's say uh, when it comes to decluttering, uh, because that that is the whole topic uh, is about how do we declutter and decluttering and the, the clutter threshold and all of those things. What's your biggest pain point when it comes to this kind of work? I would say my biggest pain point is that I am the best reclutterer ever. (laughs) I mean, if I am not super consciously being, you know, careful about not recluttering a space, I will turn around and it's recluttered. And, and I, that's because I'm very, um, I get focused on other things and things just leave my hand without me having any awareness of where, it's leaving my hand. You know, I mean, I'll just randomly set things down flat. No flat surface is safe ever from me, but the way that I combat that, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, well just don't put things down in random places. And I'm like, that's a nice thought, but I have no awareness that I'm doing that. And so when I hear that, what a lot of people like me will hear is be different than how you are, you know, which that's a very, ambiguous and overwhelming and defeating type of idea. So instead I say, okay, this is how I am. I randomly set things down, things get out of place. And so I do a focused five minute pickup, meaning set the timer. I really do mean five minutes. I'm going to spend five minutes picking things up and putting them away. And that will combat this natural tendency that I have to just randomly set things down. So And the beauty is that the more often I do a five minute pickup and find myself, you know, moving something two feet to its actual home instead of the random place where I set it down, the more often I do that, the more likely my brain is to realize I'm setting it down. So, and go ahead and and put it in its place because I know I'm going to have to move it eventually in the five minute pickup. 
I love the five minute pickup, and but I th- and, and what you were talking about before, it's you're doing it unconsciously, so you're not conscious that you're doing it. So you mm-hmm. were saying no flat space is is safe around you or around your presence, so you might use it up and take up the space. So do you do you think, or you know, in in your time and your research, do you think it's something that we pick up from maybe our parents or? Uh, or do you think there's this really a kind of like what is the I'm trying to understand what is the unconscious drive that makes us do that? I don't know that it's an unconscious drive that makes us do that. I often think it's an unconscious drive to do other things. There is definitely a relationship between high, being highly creative and having clutter issues. Um And, you know, like I have a friend whose house is, everything is always in place. It drives her crazy if something is out of place. Um, you know, and we talk about this, you know, we both laugh about it. We, you know, we know we're different and everything, but I can get super consumed with a big project. You know, I was a theater arts teacher. I love to do a play or whatever. I mean, writing a book, you know, I can, I can get super consumed in that where she, avoids big projects because she can't imagine throwing herself into that because in her mind, she's like, well, but there's so many things to, you know, make sure I'm doing around the house where my first thought is let me throw myself into the big project. And it never occurs to me that, oh, well, that's probably going to take my time and focus away from things like picking up and doing the dishes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think it's just, it's a personality thing. So it's not necessarily that that there's a reason I do that, but there's other things that take my focus and that's where my mind is. And so that's where it takes my awareness away from just where things are randomly landing. Mm, No, that makes sense. It does. Thank you for uh, explaining that. So Dana, talk us through your books. What are our listeners um, to find within your books? And I love that, the decluttering at the speed of life. That is very cool. How did you come up with that title? That's cool. Yeah, I actually, so it's funny. um, One of my, I was having a conversation with some of my readers of my first book, I think. So my first book is how to manage your home without losing your mind. And in that one, I go through, um, you know, the basic habits and I do talk about decluttering in that one, but just the very basics of going from, I don't know why this is so hard why is it that it seems easy for everyone else? And it just does not make sense to me. It's like, what does it take to get your house under control? So that that's what that one is. And then I was talking to some readers and one of them said, she said, I just have a hard time decluttering at the speed of life. Like life just keeps on happening. And, and so that's where the title of the second one came in. And it, it basically is exactly what it says, which is, you know, making decluttering work in your real life, you know, cause I find it was true for me and it's true for a lot of the people that I teach that the idea is, well, if I'm going to declutter, I have to set aside a whole day or a weekend or an entire week or a month or, you know, whatever, maybe when I retire, I'll be able to do this because it just seems daunting. And it seems like, you know, I, I don't want to start it unless I know I'm going to be able to finish, but then it's overwhelming. And so, then I put it off until I have more time, but I never actually have, you know, so it just, it's that, that idea that I've got to have this huge chunk of time where because of the process that I had come up with to work for my own very distractible personality, um, 
being one with, you know, my whole, my whole shtick, my whole thing is declutter without making a bigger mess. Like that is the thing. And because that is how I do it, it allows me to declutter in any amount of time. You know, if I count it as I'm not going to finish, but I am able to make progress if I only have two minutes to throw trash away. And just that mental shift improved my home because I used to think, well, I don't have time to declutter. So why do anything? Where when I say, oh, I, I can do something. I can start on the first step in the, you know, if I've got two minutes, well, then I do something and that space is better than it was before. And then maybe I have five minutes and I make it through putting some of the easy, the stuff that doesn't belong there, the easy stuff and taking it to its home, you know, and then it just started to really improve my overall home. So that's, that's where it is. It's, it's this, you can declutter in any amount of time, even not knowing how much time you're going to have if you're doing it in a way that ensures that you're only going to make progress and never a bigger mess. So Dana, so what you're saying is putting your time on it. Say so I'm going to, I'm going to spend five minutes today and you time yourself and do as much as you can in that five minutes and then leave it and then come back to it another time. So you put a time on it. Or I mean, yes, you can, if that's what works for you or you it's, I also call it looking for an awkward pause. So like, you know, sometimes you have the, like maybe, maybe you're having, and I don't even know what time it is in Australia right now, but right now it's dinner time for us, you know, coming up in the next little while. So let's say we end this interview and then, oh, I'm supposed to go pick up my kid in seven minutes. Well, that feels like not enough time to actually do anything. Right. But if you know that, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed in my home right now. I've got seven minutes between now and when I need to go do the next thing, because I know I can declutter without making a bigger mess because I know I can make progress in any amount of time. It's worth it to me to say, okay, this space that's driving me crazy, I'm going to grab a, a trash bag and I'm going to start throwing stuff away and, you know, going through the process as much as I can in seven minutes. And you usually will make more progress than you thought you would in seven minutes. I, um, I love that. And I do think that that would just even to me, as you were explaining it, that would remove overwhelm as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So Dana, I'm also curious. So you were talking about, you know, you love writing and you were looking at what was your thing. And obviously then you found your thing, which is all about decluttering. So during the protest, what has been your greatest lesson learned thus far? my greatest lesson has been that I like the way I am. I I think, you know, I mentioned earlier that I realized that there is a direct link between creativity and issues with clutter. Not that all creative people struggle with clutter, but most people who struggle with clutter are very creative people. And when I started to see, because, you know, I started building this community online. First of all, I realized there were a lot of people who were just like me because they were saying, oh my word, I'm just like you. Um, when I started to realize that and I started to see who these people were, they were artists and poets and writers and theater teachers, lots of theater teachers, you know, but all these people who just, they have creative minds and they see the world differently so they see spaces differently. And a lot of it is I don't see limits. You know, I limits are just not natural to me. 
<laughs> and that's a great quality. And so I think realizing, oh, it's not that I am bad because I struggle with this. Like the part of me that I like, the creative part is directly to related is di directly related to the struggle. So I don't want to change who I am, but I do want to change my home. I don't want to live like this anymore. So it's possible to work with the personality that I have and find ways that I can maintain and keep my house and get the stuff, the stuff out as opposed to before I would read traditional organizing advice and I would either try it or I would know because I'd tried it in the past that it was never going to work for me. And it just made me feel hopeless. Like, okay, this, these things that they're saying to do, they never work for me. So obviously there's, there's no way I could ever have my house under control. And instead I've accepted who I am and found ways that do work for me. So it's not me saying, oh, well, this is how I am. It's giving myself permission to not feel like a failure when traditional organizing advice doesn't work for me. Mm, and I think I think for our listeners and for myself as well, I mean, it's got to be what resonates with you, what works for you. Like not everything that, like you were saying, you, you've done your research, you tried all these different uh, types of uh, ways of decluttering, um, but you also came into your your own findings right with what felt right, right for you Dana yeah mm, exactly love it. love it okay so as we start wrapping up the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand what would be that one word for you my dearest progress mm, love it I'm all about the progress mm. not about it being done that's not the goal I mean, it'd be great if we ever got there, but you're better off if you just focus on making progress. Mm, I say that too. It's not about the outcome. It's about the journey that took you to get to the outcome. So don't focus right. on the outcome. Mm, love it. And then the last question that we love to ask is uh, to share three shiny gold nuggets uh, for our listeners. So they could be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today. Okay. Um, First of all, if you are overwhelmed, focus on better. It is not possible to fail at better. You can do, you can remove one piece of trash. You can straighten one thing and it's better. And you've been successful if your goal was better. So make better your goal and it will free you to actually make progress. Um, second, I would say work on finding your own personal clutter threshold. That is the key to having a home that you can maintain easily is the, and the only way to find it is by decluttering. So start, if, if your house feels out of control, start decluttering. If it doesn't feel under control yet, keep decluttering, you know, until you get to this point where you realize suddenly, oh, wait, I can keep this under control. Then you've met your clutter threshold. Um, and then this is a, one that opens up a whole nother subject, but I'll try to explain it really quickly. And that is every decluttering decision ultimately comes down to the container concept, which means, and the container concept is basically that containers are not meant for putting things in. They are meant to serve as limits. They get to make the decisions about how much stuff you can keep. You can keep whatever you want to keep, but you can't keep it all. 
Like you can keep anything, but you can't keep everything. And so let the size of the space that you have. So when I say container, I'm not talking about bins and boxes and baskets. I'm talking about limited space. Every drawer is a container. Every closet is a container. Every, um, you know, every space in your home is a container, every shelf. So let the size of the space that you have determine how much you can keep. And so put your favorite things in first. And once it's full, say, well, it's not me. I would keep you, but hmm, the container, you know, it's only as big as it is. And so let that help you make decisions and that'll make decisions a lot easier. Oh, I love the container concept. And I'm, I've got a visualization of my wardrobe where I'm like, I'm, I'm like squeezing things in and it's busting at the seams. So I love just the fact that you make a decision. It's not your decision because it takes away the emotions as well and the pain of like, oh, I have to let you go. You, it's, it's easy to say, I'm sorry. It's the container's decision. It can't, you can't it fit is. in. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. I would keep it, but you know, there's just no space. And when you start to think that way, it makes everything easier. I so love that. That's awesome. So Dana, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, well, I would love it if they went to my website, which is aslobcomesclean.com. And if they go to aslobcomesclean.com slash five, F-I-V-E, they can um, sign up for my newsletter and get a printable of my five-step decluttering process. Thank you so much. We'll have that in the show notes. I slob comes clean. That is very, that's amazing as well. How did you come up with that one? <laughs> well, you know, it was back when I never thought anyone would ever know about it because it was anonymous. I'd made up a fake name and everything, but you know, I had kind of this desperation of this, this is a good idea. Maybe this would work. Maybe this would keep me focused on my home. And that's when that, that, you know, title, that blog title came to me a slob comes clean. And I honestly did not want to use it because I had often said, it's not like I'm a slob, you know, I would just call myself chronically disorganized or whatever. Um, but I, it's like, I was so desperate to get it done and I could not think of another word, even though I was wanting to be a writer and, um, you know, and now it, it's a polarizing word for sure. Um, and I was just talking to somebody the other day about how, you know, I think there are people who are like, Oh, slob. Oh, I don't want to eat. But the people who are truly desperate, they they, that word is what makes them go, okay, well maybe this could actually help me. Um, and that's who I'm here for. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love, it's very, it's very catchy. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Dana, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your story, your time, your energy. It's been so fascinating and I'm uh, really looking forward to the weekend so I can start decluttering. Uh, thank you so, so very much. It's been fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. 
hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katrinplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.